I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment, the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head. I could do my own internal, like, yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears. I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and a nourishing and healing postpartum. I offer holistic birth preparation and postpartum online courses worldwide for the conscious mama wanting to prepare emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually for her birth and for her postpartum. And if you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. If you had a natural and empowering birth experience that you would like to share with the world, then you can email me at midwife at gmail.com and maybe your story will be featured on the Natural Birth Podcast. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today we have Emily. Emily is a mother of two from Perth, Western Australia. She's a doula, a podcast host of the Hey Mama podcast, and she also holds conscious mothers groups in Perth. Today we're going to hear about her two births. Her first didn't end up going the way she was hoping, as she was faced with her care providers' policies and guidelines and wasn't supported in the way she would have wanted to birth her baby. We will touch upon this birth and what wisdom she took away from it while then focusing and diving deep into her second birth that was an empowering home birth. Curious about Emily? Find her on Instagram as Conscious Mothers Group. Hi Emily and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. So excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on. I know that you have had two previous labors and births, both natural, but quite different. The first one going with community midwives and trying to have a home birth, but being transferred. And the second one, I believe, was a very empowering natural birth in your home. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, with no further ado, I'd love to hear about your labors and births with your baby. Yeah, I would love to share. Um, yeah, my um, my first birth was um, not quite what I had imagined. I um, I'm a I studied as a doula, so I was quite familiar with birth and the process and 
very familiar with what a natural birth looks like and yeah then had an idea in my head of obviously how I would like my birth to be knowing that there's never really you can never really have a full plan but a dream you know a dream of um what I would love knowing yeah and again knowing that birth just gives you what you need Mm. um but yeah so went into it with full confidence and um excitement and I still did lots and lots of research, even though I had attended births and things and I um, had my own doula and I um, did the hypnobirthing and yeah, I was just so, so ready to birth, like from the beginning, like I was really excited and I've always, always, always wanted to be a mum. Like it's just been my number one goal, you know, like what I wanted to be when I grew up was a mum. So yeah, I felt like um, really ready. Um, so yeah, I um, went into labour with um, my first, and I had the um, the movie style water break, mm-hmm. um, the big pop, the massive gush, waterfall. Um, not what I'd been told, and not what I'd experienced with other women, because you know it's usually just the trickle. And you're not even sure if it's your water or not, or if you're accidentally peeing. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're um, juicy down there in the end of of your pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So, um, yeah, it, um, it was, yeah, it was on straight away. So with this birth, I was going with the community midwifery program, um, which I thought was going to be a beautiful option given that it's, you know, it's free and, and there's the option to home birth and yeah. So went with them, but I was finding that I was having to fight quite a bit still to get what I wanted. And there was lots of appointments that I had to attend and lots of, um, kind of hoops that I had to jump through in order to even get to having a home birth. Um, it, it just felt not very, um, in the woman's favour almost, um, just um, a lot of paperwork and, and all, more that side of things than being about this woman and, and this journey that she was going on. Um, so, yeah, I guess I had that in the back of my mind while I was going into labour that, yeah, they, um, they do have stipulations and I just kind of thought, oh, well, it won't be me. I'll just have the textbook book labor and I'll be fine but I didn't um I had a posterior baby which total variation of normal not anything that is a concern but because my waters had broken and he was not coming very fast um probably because he was in this position which can sometimes make it go a little bit longer because they're not quite you know, down on that cervix in the right spot. Um, you know, not always. Some women have very quick posterior births, but yeah, yeah, for me, it wasn't. It wasn't going fast. But then, because of this, um, I had a time limit. So at eighteen hours, um, there was a transfer that had to occur. Yeah, it's um, really important that you mention this because it's so different in different practices and with different community midwives in different states and countries and how different, mm-hmm. yeah, how they work with, you know, with the, with the hospital and what their policies are. So in some areas, it's 18 hours. In some, it's 24 hours. Some, it's, you know, 42 and then it's 70 hours. It's so different in different areas. 
Yeah, that's right. And um, obviously I was aware of, of this kind of this guideline and, and I think that I was on the 18-hour mark because I had declined the strep B test as well, which is just obviously it's an option and, and women get to decide what whether they want to do it or not and I'd chosen not to, but then that meant that my time after waters had broke was a little bit lower than, say, someone who had done the test and um, tested negative. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I had to transfer and then unfortunately that was just the end of my birth as I knew it almost because um, there was so much fighting then um, for me and you just cannot labour while you're um, fighting. You can't labour while you're fighting with the system and even with a doula with me, um, it, I was up against a lot. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I won't go into all the details with that, but I guess what I do want to say about it before going on to my second birth is that the lessons that I learned from this birth, not only about how I would birth in the future, but what I learned about myself and how it actually changed me and made me the mother that I am were really phenomenal Um yeah, and I look back at it today and, and I think that I did have I did have a lot of trauma, like I did have trauma, um, but now I can really look at it and be like, that taught me so, so much. And yeah, I, I got into the parenting style that I'm that I'm doing now, this very gentle and respectful and, and natural parenting because of this birth. Um, it mm. really took me to my absolute depths of myself and um, showed me all the parts that I needed to see and especially the um, this resistance that I had in me and this kind of control and, yeah, this need to control and um, be quite rigid in my life. And, um, yeah, and I needed to change that in order to be um, the mother that I am, right? So, I love yeah, that. So, mm, so grateful for it. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, it also then pushed me into the options that I chose for my second birth, which was using an independent midwife who is not governed by these same hospital policies and guidelines, but rather their own, um, I think they have their own, their, correct me if I'm wrong, but they have their own kind of system that they um, fall under. Well, they, they actually follow evidence-based uh, yeah. policies that are um, above the, the individual hospital because each hospital has their own policy and guidelines. And so in the med- mm. independent midwives are not um, governed by them. They are governed by the higher yes. evidence-based uh, policies and guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. And then all I found from that is that they are just so for the woman, like, the moment that I met my midwife and we began to talk, the first thing she said to me is, I just want you to have an empowering birth. I don't want you to feel like that that has been taken away from you as it had been in the previous birth. I want you to feel really good about everything and we're going to make this the birth that you want. Mm. Um, and that just felt amazing to know that she fully had my back. Um, and even the fact where I was like, if she told me right now, or during birth, if she told me during birth, okay, Emily, we do have to transfer right now. I 100% trusted her and knew that she was doing that because it was an absolute necessity. It wasn't because of some silly policies that were 
you know, unnecessary. Um, yeah, because she she was wanted she wanted me to have this this birth that I that I'd always dreamed of. And um, yeah, I loved that. I loved that I that she had my back. Mm, beautiful. And I just I just love that. You know, I just want to spiral back to what you just said before this that the wisdom you took from your first birth you know, that you even could do that. I think that's so important. Um, you know, right now when we're recording, we've just kind of had the the wake of birth trauma awareness and that mm. one in three women actually experience their birth as a traumatic birth. So that's 30% mm-hmm. of women birthing in our culture at the moment. And that, mm. um, you know, this obviously needs to change and there's a lot of things that are done by routine that causes that, that's a contributing factor. But it's so important if you have had birth trauma that you can do what you just did, that you could see the, the gems, the wisdom. What did it teach you? How, what can you draw from this? What's the strength that you drew from this? You know, um, And to shine light on that part of it and grow from yeah. it because we grow from adversity. That is, that is where we really grow as human beings is unfortunately through suffering so to take those things whether it's birth or other things in our lives that happen and and look at it from that point of view of what is the wisdom in this and how did I grow what did I take away from this and I love that I love that they yeah thank you yeah and I, I will also say that that definitely wasn't something that um happened um you know quickly um, it took a while for me to get there and it took a lot of, um, you know, I, I even went to kinesiology and things like this because I really wanted to process this. And I also didn't want to be holding on to anything for my second birth mm. um, that may um, limit me because I maybe, you know, uh, storing it in my body or, or have these stories in my mind that are going to prevent me from, yeah, the birth that I really did want. Absolutely. And so wise of you to do that because it's very true. If we carry on process memories, they do show up in, in birth. And that's why it's so important as well as a first time mama to face your fears and to need to mm. so you don't bring those un, you know, unseen fears or unprocessed fears into your birth space. So, yeah. Thanks for sharing mm-hmm. that. So lovely. Okay. So with your second birth, let's dive into yeah. this. Um, you yeah. were well uh, informed. You knew from the first birth that you wanted an independent midwife. Mm-hmm. So, so step us through it. I'd love to hear about your second birth. Yes. So, yeah, I um, had worked through any kind of uh, blocks that I may have had. Like I just said, I got my independent midwife. I felt really good. I also had the same doula from first birth so I kind of just felt like I had this birth team and yeah I was feeling really really good and then and excited um so it was I was actually 10 days past my due date um which is so funny because I was absolutely adamant this baby was coming early so this was just another lesson that this baby wanted to teach me because from the second you know I realized I was pregnant I just had this inkling that that the baby was going to be early and I was even a little bit worried that he'd be too early and it would prevent me from having the home birth but um no no he he definitely wasn't and um I think that um yeah that taught me lots of patience um so 10 days past this um guest date let's call it a guest date because it's um 
yeah, <laughs> definitely not something that we put too much focus on. Um, but almost that makes you more, I don't know, maybe that makes you a little bit more ready because you're, you, you're just like, come on, like, baby, come on. Like, I thought you were going to be here. I'm even more ready for you than I thought. Um, so yeah, anyway, uh, it was a Friday morning and my husband and um, almost, oh no, he was two at this time yet. So he just turned two. So their their birthdays are actually 10 days apart, exactly two years. Oh, um, so he just turned two and we, yeah, well, he was actually, I should have mentioned this. So this, my second child was actually due on my first child's due date oh and my, my first came on his due date wow. so they could have actually had the same birthday um but no um second baby decided that <laughs> it's yeah, so important yeah. to have your own birthday as a kid <laughs> exactly Imagine and I think that's why he waited an extra 10 days to come because he was like I'm gonna spread this out as as far as possible so I don't have the same as my brother um yes yeah, so anyway we went down to the beach it was like I remember the time it was eight o'clock in the morning I think it was like seven minutes past day and I had this my first little like crampy feeling and I was like oh okay this feels like maybe it's something um but anyway went down to the beach and I just sat on the sand while they played in the in the ocean and yeah they were coming like every seven minutes but really mild and I was like you know this is obviously just something and it could even be um just still preppy stuff you know I think second time around I had a lot more Braxton Hicks and things and it's like my body was doing a lot of pre-prep um so yeah I wasn't really buying into that it was fully on um but yeah so this continued for the whole day and it didn't amp up at all but it was still like every about seven ten minutes like these little period type cramps um I told all my birth team but I also had said you know it's not it's not changing so I'll just let you know once it does um and went all of that night still the same no changes wake up in the morning still the same for the whole day. I was just like every seven to 10 minutes getting these little period cramps. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I don't understand. I've got no fears. So I'm, it can't be like an emotional thing that's blocking me. Little did I know that something <laughs> would come up later. But um, yeah, so I ended up having my birth team come around in the, um, I reckon it must've been in the afternoon, maybe three, four o'clock. And I was like, it is starting to amp up a little bit, but you know, I know what labor feels like from, from the first time. And, and I know that this is nowhere near close to, um, you know, being in active labor or anything. Um, but I was also getting, starting to feel a little bit disheartened because I'm like, you know, this has been going on a really long time now. Like, is this just going to be another really long labor? Like my first who was 33 hours and you know, um, yeah. So I started having all these stories come up in my head of, oh, I just have long births and it's going to be another posterior baby. And, um, yeah, my, um, midwife and my doula came and talked me down and, and calmed me. And, um, we decided to go for a walk on the beach. So it was my doula and I, and yeah. So as soon as we did that, I started amping up. So this is now about six o'clock. I started getting a little bit more intense. Um, we came back to the house and it was my son's bedtime and um, I decided that I would put him down to sleep. I think he'd asked me to put him to sleep and I was also like, this is the last time 
that I'm going to put him to sleep and it just be the two of us. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And mm-hmm. I, I was putting him down to sleep and I could not stop crying. I was crying and crying like, what am I doing? Why am I having another baby? Mm. This is my baby. This little boy here is my baby. And now I'm going to lose all of this precious time of just us. I'm going to have to share it. And it's actually making me well up a little bit now, just thinking about the emotions. Um, mm. And um, yeah, that. and I, I walked back out of the room and my doula was there and she was like, what's wrong? And I just burst into tears even more and said what am I doing why am I having another baby I can't I can't do this I can't and she said this is it this is what is going on this is why this baby is not coming yet because you have got this little block so so we lay on the couch and she did this uh, it's like half an hour fear release with me and I cried 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 never cried as much stood up and my waters broke <laughs> so yeah I'm like of course of course they did you know um this baby was coming I'd released it all I'd got mm-hmm. rid of it um so yeah we call the midwife over she comes got the pool all sorted and even my doula was saying okay your waters are broke just you know make sure you don't have this baby soon because the midwife's not here yet and she's told me already that that, I, that she has to be here and make sure you call me on time and sometimes second babies as soon as the water's broke they just come straight out so um yeah we were getting the pool filled up and it was really getting intense now like as soon as the water's broke it was it was really high intensity um like I couldn't talk anymore and really just dancing through it and I was like come on pool I just want you to be ready I just want to get in the pool um and when I did it was such a relief such a relief to get in there um so nice to have that water um because I did actually even though this even though Ziggy um who is who was born Ziggy is my is my second he um he wasn't posterior he was in you know optimal position but I was still having back labor, very similar to the posterior birth. So clearly that's just the way that my, that my body um, deals with the sensations. It just goes into my back or, yeah, so um, the water's really nice for that, I find, um, to have that on my back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and honestly, like, it was, it was really quite intense. And I think I almost... But it was different, even like, yeah. So Taj, my first, with it being posterior, that was definitely in my back and in my bum and so, so intense. But then I think because Ziggy in this second birth, he um, was now coming quite quick. So from waters breaking to, to birth, he it was four hours. Hmm. So because it was a lot quicker, it seemed to be a little bit more fast and furious. Um, hmm. Although, you know, four hours is quite a nice time, it was a lot quicker than what I'd first experienced. Um, and I can't say at all that I have, um, a high pain threshold. Like I do not, like I stub my toe and, and it's insanely intense for me. Um, and yeah, like my husband kind of jokes to me all the time. It's like, how on earth did you have a baby? Because you just, you don't (laughs) deal with pain well at all. Mm. Um, and I don't, but it's just so different. Like you just, 
it's like you just know you have to you have there's no other choice like you're doing this and you have these little breaks and you know that there's like this end goal in mind I think um and I was so mm. determined I was so mm. determined to have this birth so and you know that it isn't this quick pain it's not a dangerous pain it's not a pain that yeah mm, yeah and I think because you yeah obviously being a dual and seeing births before and be you know having also had a first birth you already know that like it's in you your mind knows yeah. that so your mind doesn't get so scared of it mm. yeah that's it yeah there, that's that's a really good point because there was never any fear although I could feel this intensity there wasn't any fear there that something bad was going to happen to me or um yeah nothing like that it was like I felt completely safe and I felt like complete trust in myself and and in my birth team and yeah, but it was just like, okay, what am I going to do to work through this? And I actually found I read, I had a lot of affirmations around the room and I kept reading. There was two affirmations that really were, I was drawn to. One being, this is tough, but so are you. Mm. And two um, was about all the women who have birthed before me. And I kept thinking of all my my lovely friends that I've met in, in mum's group as well who had had all these wonderful births and that I'd really kind of um, aspired to, you know, and I was like, they've done this, so can I. Like if all these other women out there have done this, why can't I? Like of course Mm. I can. Um, So I was really drawing on that strength. Do you want a natural birth, Mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? Then the natural birth course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. This kind of, yeah, went on for a couple of hours and then came like the change in sensation from the feeling, you know, kind of around the the back and and the uterus to more than like, it was like, um, the only way I can explain it is like the sensation you get when you um, are vomiting, Mm. like uh, like the pull, like it was like a pull up and down and up and down. And my, my body was actually moving as I was doing it. Like it was kind of like I was 
doing that vomiting sensation where I would go up and I'd kind of lean over the top of the pool. But then in the, within the next move, I was going back down and kind of pushing down like, and it was really like, I had zero control over this. It was very um, instinctual and, and primal and animal-like. And I was just kind of going with what my body was telling me to do. Um, and this kind of went on and I could feel the crowning start to happen. And he was, yeah, kind of going up and down and up and down. As I was moving, um, his head just kind of, yeah, pressing, pressing down. Um, and then he almost got like a little bit, he wasn't stuck, but he just stayed up until like about his eyebrows for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just there and it must've been like quite a long time and he kind of wasn't going any further. And my midwife was like, I feel like you either need to like move positions or put a little bit more into it. Cause I really was just letting my body do its thing. Like I, I didn't feel like I was actually trying to push or purposefully making any movements. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. So then with the next one, I kind of, I just moved my leg a little bit and I think my husband actually grabbed hold of my leg and lifted it up because I was on my side at this point, like on my side, leaning against the pool. Um, and yeah, he lifted my leg up and then, then the, his head came out with the next one. Mm. So I just needed a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of adjustment of my body just to um, obviously wiggle his way out. Mm. Um, and it's really interesting because this, like what you, I guess you call it the pushing stage. Um, this was easier for me than the actual labor. Like I, I found this a lot more enjoyable and I know that a lot of women have it the opposite way around. Like they find this the most intense part because you know, there's like what they call the ring of fire and things like that. But, um, yeah, I, I felt like I handled this bit a lot easier than than the um than the surges and the contractions um I don't know if it's just because I'm like this is so close to the end Mm -hmm. like I I just knew how close I was so it just didn't really matter anymore because I'm like it's almost done yeah I think that it's really two teams I've heard both sides um women who say that finally when the bearing down stage comes that's how I kind of see it because it's just Mm. like you say your body's taking over if you're doing natural birthing usually not all women get the pushing urge um not all women have that kind of um bearing down happening for them they do have to kind of do a little bit of their own pushing but for most women it just kind of Mm. the body takes over and birth their baby really um and a lot of women do voice that all of a sudden yeah, it feels like they can work with their bodies. It's not just kind of waiting mm. for the cervix to open and the, those contractions to do its job. Now, finally, you can kind of join in. It feels like you're joining in and going with the flow down. Yeah. Um, and some are that, just like that really, yeah, that really kind of makes complete sense to me and resonates. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely how I felt. I felt like I had a little bit more... Um, like almost a little bit more control, a little bit more like I could be part of this rather than it just kind of happening. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. That's um, that's a I haven't heard that before, so that's a really nice way to explain mm. it. And I think you probably feel more that if you really can 
allow the force to come through you. If you can stay out of fear and you can just allow your body to do its job and you can surrender to that and you follow your instincts, you get into the position that feels more, you know, feel best for you Mm. and just allow your body. Um, I think you more resonate with what you just said that it feels like you, like, like it's better, better feeling than if you get scared with the pushing or the bearing down stage. Yeah. 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 So, um, anyway, his head was out and then, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't much longer until out came his body. And, um, I kind of was, had my head back along the pool, but you know, I could tell that he was out. Like I felt him come out into the water. So I kind of reached down to get him and, um, his cord was wrapped and, um, so was my first, like, and that's never been any issue for me. Like it's never been a fear because yeah, I just know that you just quickly unravel it and and that's it done. Um, so yeah, his cord was wrapped and I, I knew that what I had to do was before lifting him up out the water was to unravel the cord and then lift him up. Um, just in case, you know, the cord was too short or something and we had, you know, he, uh, we had to put him back because obviously you can't put the baby back under the water once they've come up because that's once that's they've taken their first breath. But I just couldn't get this cord around. Like it, it just felt a really odd thing for me to try and do. And I was kind of started to get a little bit panicky. So I just called my midwife over who had been, you know, on the sideline the whole time, just letting me do my thing. It was like, felt very undisturbed. Um, but yeah, this is when I needed her and, um, Mm. she did and she unraveled the cord and then, and then I was able to lift him up up my chest. And it was just, Oh, the most amazing feeling. Like I've done it. I did 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 it. Like there's just, there's no, I don't even think there's a word to describe the feeling, like the absolute ecstasy that you have once you've had a natural birth or your dream birth or it just, it's unbelievable. Like I'm, I still feel on a high about it now and this is two years later and I don't think I will ever lose that feeling. Um, makes me emotional even thinking about it. Um, yeah. So, and it was beautiful and we didn't know he was a boy. So, um, yeah, we, we did the reveal, although I don't know, most people are the same, but you just completely forget in that moment that you even, you don't even know whether it's a boy or a girl, you're just so caught up in all the the love and that this baby is here and that you can't believe one minute ago it was inside your, your womb and, and now it's this baby's here in your arms. Um, yeah we found out and he was a boy and um oh and I'm, I'll also mention that um my son my my eldest son was um asleep the whole time because this was during like he was uh, Ziggy was born at about twelve thirty at night and my eldest was never ever ever the best sleeper like he <laughs> he would only do like very short stints before he woke up and needed you to help him and he did the best sleep of his entire life this night and um, didn't wake up even to all of my roaring and, you know, <laughs> groans and moans, stayed asleep. It's like quite unbelievable. And my husband had to, because we wanted him to be there to watch 
his brother, I wouldn't know his brother, but his brother being born. Um, that was really important to me because um, I just felt, I just feel like it's such an abstract concept for kids and to like, I feel like, you know, you're telling them that there's a baby inside there, but really like they can't fully comprehend that. So mm. I just wanted him to actually see the process so that he could understand that this is the same baby that was, you know, in there that he'd been communicating with the whole pregnancy and, and yes, he'd already been developing this lovely relationship and then to watch it. And, you know, not only for that reason, also for the reason that I think that uh, children, that siblings, they should be surrounded by these experiences because it's natural and, and it's, you know, I'm sure that many, many years ago it's what they would have seen and it wouldn't have been hidden away in, in hospitals or in, in closed rooms. Um, so, yeah, I really wanted him to be there for at least that part, maybe not the whole labour, you know, if he was, obviously he was sleeping. But, yeah, just for birth. So my husband had to wake him up <laughs> and it was really hard to wake him up. So, yeah, he was he was there too and um, he was very... Um, dazed and, and confused because he was half asleep but um he got to be part of the experience which was nice so um yeah so I didn't stay in the pool much longer I felt like I wanted to get out because I was so hot by the end of it like obviously my body had been working so hard um I was ready to get out of that pool and I did, and I made my way over to the couch, and yeah, we had a like my my eldest came over and had a little look, and we gave him a little present from his brother, and it was really oh, beautiful. Um, and then we were like, okay, well, he's really tired, and I said maybe my husband. I said, why don't you just go put him, try and put him back down to sleep because he's he's seen what he's seen, and and maybe he'll just yeah be, be ready to go back to bed. So he went back in there and I think during that time I birthed the placenta, which was super easy. It was just like a tiny little extra push and out it came, out she came um, while I was just laying there on the couch. And then we then laid there for what must have been another hour and a half um, while everyone around me was just cleaning up and doing everything and yeah, I was just bonding with my new baby and, and my husband was still in with Taji because he, yeah, it was taking quite a while to go back to sleep. And my midwife said, oh, do we want to do anything with the cord yet? And I was like, well, I'd, I'd like Neil to be the one to do that and he's not here. So it's kind of like, I guess it's kind of like a half lotus because the placenta was there, but the cord, but you know, before the cord had been cut. And so, yeah, then eventually he came out and I don't think Taj had even gone back to sleep. I think Taj came back out. So they did the cord together, which oh, was cute. like as white as anything by this point. Um, uh, yeah. And I think then I passed Ziggy over to my husband and I went and had a shower and it was just so lovely to be at home and I could just yeah have this shower get my pajamas on get straight into my bed and and have my baby right there like already set up you know it was just it was lovely um and we all then went to sleep and woke up together in the morning and as a brand new family of four. Oh, how gorgeous what a beautiful story yeah yeah it was yeah it was amazing it really was um and 
just the more I think about it, it's like the more I just want this for, for women, for women to feel this, like to feel this good after. And that's the other thing, like the healing afterwards was just so amazing and so quick and, um, yeah, beautiful. It was like, I'm like, I almost felt like, have I even given birth? Like, this is quite amazing what the body is able to do. Um, and I think just because, yeah, it just happened so, um, so naturally and without any fears and without any pressure and without any fighting. And it was, yeah, just, I just allow my body to do what it had to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that is so beautiful. So I would love to hear if you had a first time mama in front of you right now, is about to have her first baby and she really wants to have an empowering and natural birth experience. What advice and pearls of wisdom would you give to her? Oh, well, if she is going down a midwifery care route then I would absolutely say an independent midwife is just the only way to go if you want to have somebody who's there for you 100 percent um yeah to have all of your um to have your voice heard um is and that's the biggest thing I think to have an empowering birth you just want to be heard and um to have to be informed but informed of all of the options you know where I think sometimes like in the medical system they kind of just tell you what they want you to choose (laughs) um so yeah I I really really highly recommend if yeah you're going down midwifery care route to just to do that um and then yeah I think um the other thing I would say is just really go deep into yourself and your own um, fears, conditioning, stories, um, you know, what is going on for you? What wounds do you have that you need to heal? Um, I'm such a big believer that um, whatever you haven't healed will show up in your, in your birth. Um, and that's definitely what happened to me the first time around around um there was a lot of um bits of trauma like and very like soft trauma you know but it was it it came up and it showed up in my birth and it prevented me from from birthing the way I wanted to so yeah if you can if you have uh options to maybe go to kinesiology or other kind of healers or modalities or you know you can even just work with yourself and, and meditations and go deep into into your own stuff, then I feel like it's just absolutely pivotal in, in, um, providing a foundation for the, for, for a birth that you want. hundred percent. I think fear release and actually facing your fears and is one of the absolute key points, especially as a first time, mama but with every birth I think even when you have your second your third your fifth I had Mm. a mama who was going to have her fifth baby and do my the natural birth course and 
And that was something that she then you know, fed back to me was that one of the most important parts for her was the fear release and actually realizing that she had still had fears. You know, you always, there's going to be new things coming up, isn't there? Um, mm-hmm. They're going to change. And so, yeah, to really actually do that, to dare to sit with that, because a lot of, a lot of women um, fear actually facing their fears. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to go there, of course. Like it's scary to have to go there and know that something might come up that you actually don't want to face, mm. that you don't want to have to put the effort into or or think about. But um, it's so important, it's so important to get rid of those because they are, they or they can be such big blocks um, in your birth. Absolutely. And that that's, you know, feeling is healing if you don't feel it if you don't go through it you you will never they will be there they will not just go away so sticking your head in the sand doesn't work Mm yeah (laughs) is there anything else that you would recommend a first-time mama in her preparation to have a natural and empowering birth um I loved I loved doing hypnobirthing. I do I did love doing that, and I think because it um it does give you um a real overview of especially a first time like the stages of birth, so you get to kind of understand what your body is doing like physically, and yeah, you can also go into those fears and you get a few techniques. Um, I don't feel like I like I. I'm not a quiet birther. Like I'm not the hypnobirthing uh, type, you know, as in like I don't just sit in the pool and, and close my eyes and don't make a sound, which is what sometimes people see hypnobirthers do. And, you know, if you're watching the YouTube clips of hypnobirths, it's often, it looks like that. And I um I watched a lot of those before and I was like, oh, that, that's what I'll be like in my birth. And I was the complete opposite. Like I'm very much more... Um, I let the energy move through me and, and out of me and, and I make lots of noise and I'm very primal. Um, so I guess the hypnobirthing stuff is really helpful, but not to put too much kind of pressure on yourself to be a certain way in birth. Um, mm. cause yeah, I think as well, the first time, like I almost was like, disappointed in myself because mm. I was loud and and it's like no like after mm. like no that's crazy like I was just primal I was just me I was just raw um and there's no right way to do it at all yeah there's absolutely no right way to birth I think that's so important so important that you don't think that you should be a certain way in labor but really follow your intuition and your instincts and just go with the flow of how you want to birth your baby whether that is yeah sounding Mm. or or being quiet and being internal or birthing on the floor birthing on country birthing in water birthing on the toilet birthing on the bed you know nothing that's exactly right yeah yeah Beautiful. Thank you so much, Emily, for sharing your wisdom and your birth stories with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love, love talking about it. I feel so passionate. And yeah, like I said, I just, I want this for women. I want them to experience it and and fully lean into everything that it has to offer. Mm, Yes, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Thank Mm. you. 
Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please share it. Grade it on iTunes and leave a comment. If you want to connect on social media, you can find me on Facebook as The Spiritual Midwife or on Instagram as The underscore Spiritual underscore Midwife. Thank you for listening.